also made the case for owning Bitcoin, the quintessence of scarcity premium. Scarcity premium. It's literally the only large tradable asset in the world that has a known fixed maximum supply by its design. The total quantity of Bitcoins cannot exceed 21 million. Bitcoin is the hardest money that has ever been invented. If you don't have my private key, you cannot spend my Bitcoin, period. And this is the power of Bitcoin. It's the first time we figured out how to create true property that you can take possession of with full custodial rights. Hey, what's going on, everyone? And welcome to another episode of Talking in Bits, where we walk you through Bitcoin bit by bit so we can provide you with the information you need to succeed and persist. Back with another episode, and I'm actually really excited about this episode because I need to get my, uh, uh, my my wallet game back up. I've been doing a lot of custodial stuff, and uh, I got a perfect guest here to help me out with that. I got Evan from Zeus. What's going on, good sir? Hey, what's up, man? Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, no, thanks for uh, thanks for you know jumping on the show and taking the time. As I always like to remind people, like it's it's mind blowing that you know somebody with a skill set such as yourself and doing big things in a space that we all love is willing to give you an hour or a little bit of their time. And I'm always appreciative of that, man. Oh yeah, no problem. Just appreciate having the platform, uh, you know, and, and I just really love the opportunity chance. I get to talk with someone new, uh, change it up and, you know, reach a slightly different audience. It's great. Yeah, it's a great thing. So without further ado, man, let's just get into a little bit about um, Zeus and like how long you've been working on it. You know, what was like the, the impotence to get it started Anything you want to go in that arena, though? I want to get back to the origins, though. Yeah, sure thing. So Zeus is my wallet. It's a free, open-source, cross-platform wallet for iOS and Android. Uh, it's primarily for remote connections. So typically, you're, uh, you got a node set up either in the cloud, at home, either on an old computer, uh, maybe a Raspi. Um, and uh, you pull Zeus, you pair it to your node at home. And, uh, you know, we give you the tools to connect to that thing from wherever you are in the world. And uh, we give you pretty much the whole kitchen sink. You can go and, you know, control your lightning channels. You can make on-chain transactions. You can manage your UTXOs. Uh, you know, pretty much anything you do with lightning today, name it, you can do it in Zeus. Yeah, so um, what... You know, all right, so a little bit of background on you, Evan, before we go, because I'm assuming you have a, a development background. If not, you would have not jumped into this. But how did you go from, you know, let, let's say a little bit more about you before we get into the wallet again. Yeah, no problem. So, uh, yeah, I got a bit of a CS background. Uh, I got a formal undergrad degree. Uh, yeah, and I, I studied computer science. Um, and, uh, yeah, I actually heard about Bitcoin pretty early on in yep. my uh my college uh, experience, but it wasn't until like, you know, the second half, later end of it, that I really started diving into Bitcoin, using it, experiencing it firsthand and realizing its potential. And it's funny because like I had a little bit of a background with, you know, the CS is huge, uh, but also from like the Austrian econ side, I had, uh, okay. you know, my uncle who was like referring me to stuff. I was reading a lot of stuff online, like Mises and whatnot. But uh, yeah, Bitcoin really didn't click for me, even with someone with a technical background and this economic background to a certain extent, uh, until I used it firsthand and, and really just made that plunge into it. So, um, you know, I like to say, like, we got to give people and like society, like time to, you know, like realize the value of this system. And a lot of those people are not going to, you know, like understand the value until like they're taking into their own hand. They experience it firsthand. They're uh, recovering a seed, right? Yeah. In a completely different wallet or they're receiving money uh, from around the world uh, that would typically be much more if you're going through like a remittance agent. Um, you know, whatever it is for that person. Um, yeah, I, I really think uh, the light doesn't go on until you see it with your own two eyes and you have it in your hands in front of you. Yeah, I agree a lot with that. So in your um, computer science background, were you just specifically working on applications or is it just natural that if you're into computer science, applications comes with that? Uh, yeah, so uh, I've worn a lot of different hats. So out of school, uh, so I, I got became a Bitcoiner, right? Uh, yeah. I went down a wild path, uh, mining lots of shit coins. <laughs> it took me a while to... 
uh, really like come around to, to Bitcoin, realizing that we really don't want privacy, like complete opaqueness on, on the base layer. So like I was really, um, you know, uh, I really like the values of the privacy coins, right? Like I saw like a really high need for, you know, innovations like that, especially in the environment we were given in like, you know, like post Snowden revelations, especially like just knowing all the crazy stuff, the intelligence agencies around the world do. And beyond that, you know, criminals and hackers. Um, but yeah, I mean, I eventually came around and, uh, realized that, you know, Bitcoin is the only thing worthwhile to focus on. Yeah. hundred percent. So, um, why wallet, right? You could have done a lot of contributions. You could have, uh, you know, try to hit the core devs, maybe with some bips. You could have tried to do any type of development there, right? But you chose, is, is Zeus your first project? I'm assuming it's your first project. And Bitcoin? Uh, I mean, it's the first project that I started myself. And it, it's okay. my first major free and open source software project that yeah. uh, I was a maintainer of. I had like worked on a couple of other like, Small wallets, small efforts, uh, some stuff of, you know, varying note, like, like back in the shitcoin days, I like made some very tiny contributions to a Dogecoin light wallet called Multidoge. But uh, basically, like my impetus for doing this was like, I'd come around, I'd realized that Bitcoin is the only currency worth, you know, putting your effort into after dealing with these shitcoins. And... I knew that lightning would be an important piece of the puzzle to scaling this to the whole world. Hmm. Not that it would be like, you know, the, the be all end all that there wasn't anything else to be solved after that, that, you know, just get everyone on lightning. Like that's just not practical, but I knew it would be like a big part of the, the picture. Like it would be uh, payment standard payment rails that people use for, you know, near instant transactions. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, w- I was just following that. I had started following a couple other projects like Zap. I made like a couple of tiny contributions to their desktop wallet. And, um, and yeah, I'm like, okay, uh, let's, uh, let's bring this to mobile. Like I have a lightning node. I've set it up like a Raspberry Pi. This is dope. I, I bought some like stickers from Blockstream. I'm like, okay, this is really cool, but like where this thing is really going to thrive is in the real world. So like, even if I don't have a vendor or anyone to transact right now, like, let me start building that so I could get to that stage. And eventually when the time comes, I could start using this in the real world. So mobile wallet just made a whole lot more sense to me and was much more appealing than say, you know, the desktop wallet. So, uh, so yeah, so I, I was saying like out of school, I, I, got this gig in cybersecurity. There I wear a lot of different hats. You were asking about applications. So there I started on the front end. Uh, I moved on to uh, the back end and like, like cloud development for like building like a, a large scalable application. And then, you know, I also wore like a hat as like an analyst using that cybersecurity product. So like I had a lot of different roles, but when I built the front end, I knew of this framework called React Native super popular, got developed by Facebook. And it was a way to write code in JavaScript or TypeScript and uh, deploy it to two platforms at once. I'm like, uh, I have this background. I've done regular React for, you know, uh, websites. A lot of that, those skills will carry over. And like, this is a perfect time, a perfect opportunity to dive into this library. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to build this lightning wallet for my phone that I could connect to my node back home and I'm going to build it with react native because I know a good chunk of it. And it's a great way to just write code once, get it on iOS, get it on Android. Hmm. So I go and I say to uh, Jack Maulers, right? I had worked with him a little bit on the desktop wallet for his app. <laughs> and I'm like, Hey Jack, uh, you know, I want to start putting together like a mobile app. Uh, I think someone had, had started working on uh, iOS uh, zap and that, that was somewhat popular. And then the Android was just starting development mm-hmm. and Jack was like, okay, that's really cool. But we want to just do like a pure native, like Java or Kotlin version of the Android app. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. I guess I'll just do my own thing. And 
Yeah. And I would continue with my original plans. Like I want to learn this framework. I know it's powerful. You know, I could target two platforms and write code really quickly. And uh, yeah, I just did. I, I just built it for myself. Uh, not necessarily knowing or that I would need to use it like, or, or could even use it in the real world anytime soon, but just something to poke around with, go on the bus into my day job check on my channels, make sure everything's running okay. And uh, yeah, I just took it one day from at a time and just eventually just opened it up to people like, yo, I built this. It's useful for me. If it's useful for anyone else, that's just a bonus. And if you want to come help me with it, that's even better. Hell yeah. So with that being said, so, <laughs> and excuse me, my ignorance on open source so do you actually have a dedicated team of people or is it just volunteers that continue to help and contribute and make Zeus better every time? Yeah. So we got a lot of different contributors. Okay. Uh, most, the vast majority of our contributors are just free open source contributors. They use the software, they want to make it better. And uh, it's, you know, people coding. We've got about 35 contributors to Zeus. Uh, we got people helping with the doc site. We got another like 10 people helping with that. We have people that just go and help with the translations. That's like another 70 plus people. It's pretty crazy. It's dope. But uh, yeah, I mean, we're, we're actually just starting to build our team right now as we try to uh, build more offerings around Zeus, build more commercial offerings, and uh, you know, try to turn this into uh, sort of a full-fledged company now. So uh, it's still early days. We're still figuring out a lot of stuff, but we're slowly assembling a team of people who are working on Zeus every day. So, and, and I always like to ask that to any open source, to, uh, ask this to any open source developer. So in that time frame, from when you were just creating this for yourself to manage your, your channels, to get on the bus to the day job, from that point to the point when people started contributing to it and you started to see momentum, what is it that kept you engaged on making it you know, coming back and working on it? Was it literally just your love for Bitcoin or because you're not getting paid, right? This is completely you working on this project on your own. And oh, yeah, I mean, especially early days, especially early days, there was nothing coming in. Like right. nowadays we get, we get a lot of people tipping us. They join our community. Uh, they pay some sats and they get their faces displayed on our community sponsor board on our website and in our app. Yeah. Uh, and we also get money coming in from some value for value streaming, stuff like that. Yeah. But early days, it was just like, okay, like I have this, this itch I got to scratch. I want to build something that I can use. And if this goes and benefits people in Bitcoin, like that's great. That's great. I had no, no expectation of that happening. Like I'd never done a free open source project before, but you know, slowly by its own volition, just, you know, grinding to add new features because I want to see them. Um, you know, it just grew and build and, you know, more and more people started using it and, more and more people who came to dive into the code and, and contribute to make it better. Awesome. Yeah. So your why was just basically yourself, right? Like you just wanted to keep getting it better and better. That makes a ton of sense, man. Yeah. And we're going to have to, you're going to have to link me with the, uh, the, 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 the Valley for Valley split. Cause I would love to add one on the show here for you guys as well. Cause <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't say this yet. Uh, well, I donate five to open sets, but I would love to have one dedicated to y'all. So, when I when I started with Zeus, um, it's probably about twenty twenty. First got my Raspy Blitz, got it set up, and what you've been explaining is basically exactly what it was. It was smooth. It was connected to my node from anywhere in the world, and I was able to do um, pretty much damn near everything that I could do on the desktop. Do it from Zeus. So I'm a big fan. What ended up happening, me and I, and I know you probably, I think you just released a solution for this. Um, yeah, I couldn't stay in tour, fam. Oh boy. Like I couldn't stand like, Hey, I'm about to scan this barcode and I would have to sit with Zeus for a little bit and kind of like load it up and it would take about a minute, maybe sometimes two minutes. Um, so I got rid of the raspy blitz. I now have a, an embassy suite nine and oh, okay. I'm looking and I'm looking and I'm looking to get my, my Zeus app connected now again and all that. But with that being said, What's the workaround that you guys just released? And we could definitely talk about some other releases that you got, like the point of sale system and, and, and things like that. But yeah, we got a lot going on. So a lot how, to talk about. I, let's do it. But let's start with Tor. How did you guys get around Tor? What, what, what update did you guys just release that helps with that? 
Yeah, sure thing. So Tor, uh, you know, some people just think about it as like, okay, this is the dark net place. I'm going to go buy drugs or guns or whatever the hell on onion sites. It's like, okay, yeah. yeah, people do that. There's no denying that. But Tor also has a really cool use case where you can use it to access devices uh, around the world, maybe a node tucked away at home without having to like open up ports on your router, do anything fancy. You just hit, set up these things called hidden services and you're able to access these things. And, and this concept of doing hidden services has become very popular on like all these node platforms. Like Start9, as you said, uh, Raspberry Blitz, uh, you know, pretty much all of them do this. But in the last year, right, we've had this issue where the quality of Tor connections have just seriously degraded. And basically, more people have been using Tor uh, than there have been like bandwidth on these relays available. So, you know, I think it's like multifaceted. I, I think like, you know, obviously you got a lot of stuff going on with the intelligence agencies, especially in the West, like going on tour, but you also had these people making it like super popular and, and polluting that namespace for the hidden services just from the popularity of these Bitcoin nodes popping up. So what we saw in the last, uh, I don't know, it's like almost a year of tour being really bad. It's just like the quality degrading mm-hmm. people saying, yo, Evan, like I cannot connect to Zeus over tour at all. And uh, that was really unfortunate. It, it led a lot of people to be like, yo, I'm just going to throw my note in the cloud on Amazon uh, or wherever else. Um, and I'm like, yeah, like part of the charm and, and doing this all in a self-sovereign manner is to be able to have that node just sitting on your desk at home. Right. So, uh, so yeah, we, we actually found a really good solution. Uh, it's called Lightning Node Connect. It's a protocol for connecting L&D nodes right now uh, to uh, your um, remote app. Like uh, it could be used on the web. It could be used in something like Zeus. And you don't have to open up your firewall. You don't have to use Tor. In fact, the performance is amazing. It's like you're connected to like a node in the cloud pretty much. So the performance is night and day over using Tor. But yeah, it's, it's a brilliant solution, um, you know, spearheaded by the fine folks over at Lightning Labs. And, uh, you know, we did a lot of work with them and uh, released some modules for people to easily develop with LNC, both in web and on mobile and uh, in React Native too. So we built the implementation, we put it in Zeus, and we solved that really major issue for people. Um, and, And now we have you know, far less reliance on tour in our stack now. So really happy about that. So how does one, uh, how does one like I go and, and start taking advantage of this new implementation? Um, maybe I can't, but I have a embassy suite start nine, uh, have LMD, right. Is, is that reachable to me or is there a certain type of crowd that still, you know, has to wait basically for this to be more mass adopted. And what I mean by this, I mean, LNC. So, the good news is that the only real constraint, right, is that you have L&D, yep. and you have Lightning Terminal. So Lightning Terminal sort of encompasses the rest of the Lightning Labs stack into it in one package. And then you got this web app to sort of manage it and, um, you know, manage your connections to LNC. So typically you go into, you know, whatever platform's app store, like it's available on Star9, and you download the Lightning Terminal app. From there, you go to the connect page in Lightning Terminal, you generate a session, which gives you like a, a 10 word, like mnemonics phrase. It looks like a Bitcoin seed, okay. but it's just for this connection, right? From there, you could give it like certain permissions. Like, oh, this is an admin. I could do anything I want. This can uh, be read only. And uh, in, in the coming weeks, you're going to see like those permissions, like super fleshed out. So you could be like, hey, uh, I want to generate a session for Zeus. I want to give it a spending allowance though. So, you know, if someone takes this, uh, seed, this connection somehow, uh, they can only uh, take like 50,000 sats, like they can't drain my wallet. So it's a lot of really cool security controls on this thing too. But in a nutshell, you have to be an LND user, use something like core lightning, something like a VPN like solution, like a zero, a zero tier tail scale will probably be better off for you. But yeah, 
Um, most of these platforms have Lightning Terminal installed on them already or available. And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any like pre-built node platform that supports Lightning that doesn't have support for this anymore. So uh, a okay. few of them need to like update Lightning Terminal to the latest version, but all that's coming in you know the next month or so. So like ninety yeah, percent of node runners can go and take advantage of this today. No, that that excites me to all hell, man. Because I'm telling you, I I, I switched, got you know my start nine. Now I want to start getting my channels back and getting everything in place. But I just couldn't. I I had no fascination with going back if my load times were going to be two minutes. If it was yeah, like yeah, forget that, forget that. Yeah, like yeah. I, I I don't use it like that anymore. I yeah. like that the option's still there. We're not going to rip that out anytime soon. Sure. But uh, yeah, there's there's no need to to struggle with that. We worked really hard last year to make yeah. that a reality and. It's living in Zeus today and, you know, hopefully other remote nodes doing similar stuff can take advantage of that too. Now, is it, is it as secure as Tor about the same, any trade-off there that you're giving up? Uh, so Tor like inherently has a lot of like, uh, you know, privacy things that you give up and when you're dealing up dealing with these relays, right? Yeah. And in a similar way, you are sort of trusting the operator of these mailboxes. So there are these mailboxes that make these connections to punch through your firewall possible. Currently, uh, there's two big ones. One's run by Lightning Labs. That's the default one. Second one is run by me over at Zeus. Nice. And uh, yeah, you can choose any mailbox. The mailbox is all free and open source too. We just released a guide on to how to spin up your own if you really want to do that. Uh, but yeah, basically the operator of the mailbox can potentially do like a timing analysis on you and also link your IPs. Uh, but uh, they don't know what calls you're making. Uh, if you're not using that ClearNet IP to talk on the Lightning Gossip Network, you can't really like link it to a node either. Um, and uh, you got really good security guarantees there. Like these sessions, they're manageable. You can apply different limits to them. And on top of that, only one person can occupy a stream at a given time. And lastly, there's like a two-part handshake process that makes sure that, you know, uh, if you leak out your pairing phrase, that 10 words I was talking about earlier, yep. uh, it can only be used once. So like once you use it, it's burnt and you're given a new uh, key to re do your reconnects on. So it's super well thought out. It's really the brainchild of, of Lalu of Roast Beef from Lightning Labs. And, you know, what can I say? He's brilliant and he's come up with a great solution that is going to open up the door for so many different possibilities for Lightning app developers. Yeah, I actually want to get into one of those and you correct me if I'm wrong. So let's move over to the point of sale that you got from Zeus, the update. Now, considering that if I was running on tour, that point of sale would be pretty difficult. Were you planning on doing point of sale even with Tor or was that something that opened up because now, you know, users can connect faster to their nodes? So the point of sale is definitely a new development. I've really only been thinking about the last couple of months. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in the back of my mind, like I was definitely open to it. I thought it'd be really keen, like really cool to do it. I was keen to do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just wanted the right opportunity to, you know, work with an establishment uh, like PubKey, which is this new bar in New York and uh, on Washington Place in the West Village, really awesome place. Uh, yeah, like I, I just feel like the best products uh, come together when you you have a specific use case. You got to scratch your own itch, and you know for POS, like I, I don't run a store, so I'm like I need a merchant to work with to really figure out what the pain points are, um, and you know how we can use this you know, great application we've already built uh, as a solid foundation and just build upon that and plug in where we need to. So, yeah, um, so yeah like uh, LNC, um, it definitely helps because you don't need to rely on Tor at all and, you know, polling to, or, or listening to make sure transactions have been paid, like right. just, the, just the unreliability. You don't want to be giving that to a customer and giving them, a, a bad impression of your establishment and B, a bad impression of Bitcoin payments, right? Like, right. you know, those experiences are, are very important, especially when it's, you know, the first time you're making these payments. 100%. And we hope that like this new POS, 
popping location in New York, great bar, great food. Uh, we hope that people are making some of their first Bitcoin payments uh, there. So, really yeah, excited. definitely. I, I could see as a business owner, if I'm, if you know, if you were to come up to me and you were introducing me to Bitcoin, and then you show me how to pay for a drink. But the thing just spins and spins and spins. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> then I'm probably gonna tell you to get the fuck out of here, well. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, so it's been good. Like, um, you know, this restaurant has a lot of uh, unique challenges to it, right? Uh, it's in New York City, which is one of the highest, like, most crazily regulated jurisdictions in the whole world. Yeah, for sure. Well, like that's another perk to it. Like, we were able to make it work there with the really. Um, super overbearing bit license. You basically need to pay something like $2 million and fees and lawyer fees uh, just oh, to get this thing to, to serve customers in New York. And uh, yeah, we, we were able to create a great solution for PubKey where they're not relying on me as a third party at all. They just get to run my free open source software and uh, they get to run their own node. They get to hold their own keys they're committed to hodling. It's uh, it's really something else, and we're just really excited about, uh, you know, it being a new staple in, you know, the already great New York City Bitcoin community, and uh, you know, it just being a great place for for meetups and hangs. Yeah. So, are you saying that because it was free and open source, they were able to get around all that licensing and kind of do it? Sovereignly, or, or did they just go ahead and pay all that licensing to get going? No, they did not pay any of those license fees. <laughs> I don't think they could afford it. I mean, I think they yeah. got a couple of Bitcoin, but um, they're surely not uh, trying to blow some millions to comply. Um, yeah, that's but yeah. Wild. So basically, we're we're in this unique situation. Other p- payment processors, uh, they, you know really just can't pay the piper in New York state. Like they, they were approached by a couple different ones. Uh, one said, okay, you can use us, but you can't advertise. We're using it, right? This is going <laughs> to be a real gray market under the table. Yeah. And they're like, ah, uh, you know, like that's a little tough. We're going to get a lot of heat just for being a Bitcoin bar. You know, we got a liquor license. Like we want to like just fly it straight for this one. Uh, and then of course, you know, you got um, their main, point of sale terminal for like doing, you know, credit cards is square. Yeah. And uh, square's definitely shown their intent to roll out Bitcoin and lightning payments on their terminal. Uh, and I, I fully expect them to do that in the next year or so. Uh, I have a lot of doubts about them launching in New York state because of the bit license uh, because of that bit license cash app users do not have access to lightning network in New York state at all. So they've been advertising this full rollout, but it's got a big asterisk on it. Not available in New York State. And I think something similar is going to happen with uh, the rollout of their point of sale whenever they're ready for it. But, you know, it's a different product. That's more custodial. That's like saying, okay, if you accept, you know, payments uh, with Square today, you could plug in and uh, we'll provide like a really great way to, you know, pay you out in dollars even if you want. Um but with the Zeus product, it's the complete opposite end of the spectrum. Like, I'm not, I don't want to touch your money. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not doing that. Fuck that. Set up your own node. If you've got a square terminal, we can plug you into it today. And uh, the whole point of sale solution is all free and open source. It's already in the latest Zeus beta. It's tucked away, hidden. Talk to me if you want to get connected. <laughs> We're going to open it up to everyone. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to plan to flesh that out over the next couple of years. Uh, but really just looking for bars, restaurants uh, in the Northeast, New York or Philly, ideally, that want to get onboarded. And, you know, I just want to see much more, m- many more merchants onboarded onto Bitcoin. And if they're, run- they're all peer-to-peer, if, if they're all running their own nodes, you know, that, that's heaven to me. So, um, you know, let's get this rolling. Yeah. Now, how did that PubKey uh, connection happen? It was just uh, like you frequented that place a lot. Was it somebody who connected y'all? If you can even say, I don't even want to. Oh, well, uh, I got to know Thomas a little bit. We were hanging in Nashville. I went down to go see Bitcoin Park and yep. uh, I got acquainted with him. Uh, I, I've got some friends who really got to know Thomas, the owner of it. Um, 
and uh and i'm good friends with drew armstrong who's also got a uh you know minority ownership in the bar and uh, i got to know him really well through the new york bitcoin community and uh yeah i, I heard they are uh, getting this bar together it's in a dope location right by nyu the food is is really banging they got like this michelin star chef uh just putting together this bar food that's both you know real affordable and and delicious so i'm like okay i gotta go check it out so i go to go to the bar i think it's like i think it went after thanksgiving right and i'm like dope all right let me get some dogs let me get a beer i was just passing through i couldn't do anything too crazy but i'm going to pay and i'm like let me pay with bitcoin and they're like oh no no we're not doing that yet i'm like you're a Bitcoin bar and you're not taking Bitcoin. And, uh, I took some time, talked to Drew. I talked to Thomas and, uh, just wanted to see where they're coming from. It's like, okay, why didn't you guys just set up a wallet? Why, what's the deal? And, um, you know, it was a couple of things like they got to make sure their reconciliation and accounting is airtight, especially in New York, especially when you label yourself a Bitcoin bar, they'll try to nab you any chance they get. We had to make sure that, that was airtight. Two is like training with the staff. It's never fun, like managing two different terminals. And like, you certainly don't want to have to re-enter someone's entire order onto like a second system either. Yeah. So that was a problem. And then lastly, they use their existing square terminal to kick orders back to the kitchen. And I'm like, okay, like that still has to be a big part of the puzzle. So <clears throat> fortunately, Square had a very comprehensive and open API that you could tap into. And uh, we did a deep dive into that and we built a brand new user interface in the Zeus, new mode to use it with. And uh, the rest is history. We uh, just launched uh, last week. I think the soft launch was like Wednesday and Friday it got formally announced. But uh, yeah, it's, it's running really well right now. They're already made a bunch of Bitcoin payments. And uh, yeah, we're just trying to optimize it, get feedback from them, keep iterating on this project so that more merchants, more bars, more restaurants can start accepting Bitcoin and you know get us in the direction that we want to go. Amazing, man. Congrats on that. That sounds huge. Um, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I've... Um... I'm from Massachusetts, so I'm kind of thinking about like how y'all could plug into Massachusetts, but I don't know, man. I, I don't think they based enough out there to even try. But maybe my orange <laughs> pulling is just terrible. Uh, but so, are you guys the only ones that are doing? I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about BTC Pay Server uh, and their point of sale system, and that's open source. But like, are you guys the only ones that are approaching it in, in, in that manner that you just explained there? Uh, to my knowledge, we're the only ones tapping in Square right now. Okay. It would be really dope to see someone tap in at Square. Um, be happy to give people pointers, show people what I've learned about the system. Um, but, uh, yeah, just really just focus on do stuff. I don't yeah. really code in, uh, the, was it a objective? Not it's objective C, it's, um, C sharp or forget what. BTC pay server uses, but I, I don't typically program in that, but I, I'm a big yeah. fan of the project. I use BTC pay server for infrastructure for the Zeus website and processing our donations portal. So, um, yeah, just, just hats off to them. They're like great project. That's been driving uh, a lot of adoption. I just decided to take a different route. Yeah. Try to really cater to this one bar use case. No, I love that. Yeah, because like, I mean, down here, the ones that I can think of definitely would have to, will get crushed by New York regulations. So <laughs> I'm thinking about like around here, you know, oh, she's doing really big things here. We're connecting people. Yeah. And, you know, Ibex is is around for a lot of POS terminal stuff that's going on. Love but, Ibex. Great, great crew over there too. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't, uh, only met one of them. But yeah, great, great work. Uh, planning on have some of them on the show. But I could tell yeah, where they, it's, it's just like different approach entirely, right? Like, they would have got wrecked, right? like, There's going to be the custodial wallets. There's going to be like the middle of the road wallets. Like so far, admittedly, when you're using Zeus, you're going hardcore, right? Like you're yeah. typically running your own node. 
sure you could use like some of the L and D hub stuff, but typically you're going all the way and you're trying to use Bitcoin in the most self-sovereign manner as possible. And it was just natural for that to continue into other products like podcast player and the point of sale. And naturally, you know, like I don't want this to just be limited to like technical people, people who have like the wherewithal to set this up. But I think the best way to build all this stuff is to, you know, shoot for the, the stars, the extreme right there, and then see where you can lower the bar, where you can help people get to it. Because the other way around is just a complete nightmare. We're creating like these custodial banks, essentially, on Lightning that you can't verify the reserves of. In a lot of ways, that would just be creating the existing fiat currency system. We need to try to make it, you know, uh, self-custody as, as easy as possible and just build software that then empowers people and, and prevents them from getting rugged or surveilled, et cetera. Yeah, I'm super interested on where you guys are going to take it because if it's already working like in a, in a high-stakes environment like a bar, um, like I could see it coming all the way down in time to a farmer's market, right? To just the, uh, the, the regular person. Like my wife, for an example, she is a baker and she has a Square account and she takes her payments that way, but she's a Bitcoiner as well. So maybe not yet, or you could correct me if I'm wrong, maybe not yet, but there is in the near future an environment where that same setup that you just applied to the bar would be able to be easy enough for me and my wife to set up. Is that safe to say? Yo, if you got a square card reader, a little terminal. Yeah. Like pretty That's sure it. we can get you pretty sure we can get you up and running today. We, you just got to bring your own node to the table. Yeah. We can help you get set up, you know, help you with some inbound liquidity, uh, you know, teach you some of the basics there. But yeah, I mean, in a lot of ways, um, you know, the, the market of people with square users is, is you know, huge. It's mm-hmm. an immense platform. And I'm sure they're going to be immensely helpful with Bitcoin adoption once they like release their, their native Bitcoin point of sale. But, you know, we, we think our tool can live alongside it in a really nice way and empower people to cut out the middleman if they so choose for their Bitcoin payments, still do their fiat through Square and, uh, you know, just provide a really great experience for both them as a merchant and their customers. Have you thought about farmers markets yet or? Yo, I love farmers markets. Like uh, we've got a local one over here that I would go to at least in the, in the fall before it got cold uh, every weekend. Uh, when I was out in the sticks, I would go every week. Uh, there was a bunch of Mennonites selling stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's great. Uh, I've been trying to orange pill people a little here and there, but uh, don't want to be super overbearing. Uh, sure. But also, you know, to think that some of the existing solutions still have a ways to go. Uh, so, you know, hoping that uh, in the next year or so, we could have like a much more, like a uh, much more easy to use from like a more entry level for both merchants and users. Um, but with that ability to, to give you all those features that really empower you when you're using Zeus today. So, we're trying to inch there. Um, definitely take some time. Like Rome wasn't built in a day. For sure. You know, I think a lot of builders in Bitcoin realize that what we've been able to do like today has been great. We're definitely going in the right direction, but there's just so much more we can do and, and things we can do to make everything just click together much more nicely. Yeah, man. How are you planning on... Um... Uh, on educating people on this new method of using like that square connection with uh, right now, it kind of just seems like reach out to you and you're just gracious enough to be able to get people set up. But I'm assuming that's not scalable for you, right? You won't be able to put everybody on. No, no, no. We're we're just going very hands-on right now. Yeah. As we're trying to identify different merchants and vendors pain points. Um, But yeah, eventually um, we're just hoping that it's just straightforward enough to people who can pick up and, get rolling with. And then we'll just try to, uh, you know, complement that with docs and tutorials. We've just been really grateful by all the documentation that 
you know, contributors have done for our doc site on, on Zeus, but also people doing tutorials, you know, independently on YouTube and different platforms. Um, you know, it's just really magic seeing all the different facets of the free and open source software community, like come together to, to share their knowledge. So, um, you know, education is difficult, but super important. And, uh, you know, oftentimes we got to rely on others, just try to help however I can on that front. Yeah, man. No, that's, that's amazing. Great contribution. Um, so we went over, uh, the POS system. We went over LNC. Um, how about echo? Let's talk about echo. Echo. Okay. So echo LN.com. Uh, this is another project that's sort of wanted to scratch my own itch with. I'd been building some libraries for LNC for it to be integrated more easily. One of them was an NPM module called LNC web that we released. Um, when was it? Uh, I think October. And uh, basically we built it, we implemented it into uh, terminal web over at lightning labs. Um, but um, yeah, I, w- I wanted to showcase what you could do with it. And uh, I sort of wanted to build my own podcast player. Uh, there's a lot of cool solutions out there, like the breeze all in one package is cool. There's some really cool custodial stuff like what found does, but I didn't want to do that. I, I want to connect to my own node remotely. I want to use the same node that I use for Zeus for listening to podcasts. So I built this web app. I got like boots on the ground in Atlanta, Georgia for TabConf last year in October. And I built it in something like three days, just hacking a couple of hours here and there when I had downtime from the conference. And I'm like, okay, like, let's just make this shine. And uh, Lisa Nygut, uh, she had like this workshop, like a live coding thing. And I'm like, okay, like I got an hour and a half block. I'm going to just code this in front of people. And man, like coding in front of people is like, it's crazy. It's crazy stressful. Like you'll probably get like basic syntax. You're like, yo, I've written this map function like 300 times plus in the past. It's just like, I'm spacing onto me. Like, do I have a closing bracket there? Is it common next? Like yeah. you're just doing this all live and people are yelling instructions at you. It's like, no, go back. Oh, you got to hit this. Oh, but, shit. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's super stressful, but it's also a lot of fun when it isn't going well. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I definitely recommend that for people, uh, you know, just get out of your comfort zone, like challenge yourself a little bit. And, uh, you know, in that instance, we had some magic happen and we eventually got to ship this really great app that people can use today. You pair it with LNC, you can go and subscribe to tens of thousands of podcasts. I think it's like almost a hundred thousand pods plus maybe it's more. Don't, don't quote me on that. Maybe. Yeah. On the index. Yeah, that's, I, that's mean, I, I think, I think value for value is like nine or 10,000 podcast where you could pay in streaming stats and then the whole podcast index in itself is like four or five million uh okay. different shows yep uh but yeah you could listen to any of them even if they don't have value for value you go there you could set how many sats you want to stream to the content producers every minute that's broken down to like a list of them and what what percent of the share everyone gets and echo just does the math on the fly it says okay we paid out these people, uh, this is what they're going to be owed the next go around because key send has this restriction where you can only send full Satoshis. Um, and you know, you're listening to a show and at the end of it, you can see how much each and every single producer of the show received from your hour or two hours of listening. You really like the show. You can send a boost, which is a tip to a certain producer. Uh, you want to leave them a message, you can leave this thing called a boostagram, which is a boost with an embedded note into it. It'll tell you like what part of the show and which episode you were listening to. Um, so yeah, Echo has made for like a really awesome uh, web app that just hacked together very, very um, quickly. Uh, but, you know, it, it's got all the functionality you need to just sit back and listen to pods in your browser. So uh, pumped about that. Hoping to get some more contributors and definitely in the future, evaluating how we can bring it over into like a mobile app, Mm. maybe in Zeus, but probably its own separate thing. Uh, But uh, that's not our our main focus. We've got so many other stuff. We want to build uh, 
we'll, we'll see when we can really sink our teeth back into that. But Echo LN, it's free and open source, just like Zeus. And you can go use it without having to pull it from GitHub and build it manually. Just go to echoln.com and just pop in your LNC phrase. You're off to the races. So in an Echo, you can actually pay a specific split and just a split? Or do you mean that it goes in and then it spreads the split? So what I mean is, is like if I have, like right now I have a uh, two, I have open sets and I have a, a person who does my posting as a split. On Echo, I can actually say, hey, person who's posting, here's the split and not Jose, or is it just the typical split system that we see? So you'll, you'll typically obey the traditional split yep. that the, uh, the main producer of the podcast has put into the RSS feed. Yep. If you want to give any single person more or less, you can go and give them boosts. Gotcha. Uh, no, we don't really mess with the, the current split except for uh, we added some functionality that if you listen to it on the default settings, 1% will also go to the Zeus and Echo Fund. So you'll Sweet. help fund uh, open source development uh, of the very app you're listening with. Uh, but, you know, if you don't want to support us, you can just opt out of that too in the settings. Um, but yeah, it's like definitely a very interesting way of doing it too. It's like, you know, you have all these like custodial lightning banks and whatnot, like shaving off a couple of millisats off every transaction at the very least. And that builds up. Like you could also do that with a non-custodial setup with what's going on with Echo. So a lot of room for new FOSS developers to dive in and explore with that. And uh, hell, who knows? We might do something similar in Zeus if you'd like to support, but uh, nothing sure. planned imminently. That definitely has to go down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Um, how, how do you feel with... Um, and I don't know if this is true or not, but the the trend that Lightning is starting to go custodial. How, how Yo, you um, it's definitely uh, a super valid critique, right? Yeah. A lot of these platforms that people are getting on board, especially as we're seeing people go on to stuff like Noster and really show the popularity of stuff like Lightning addresses. A lot of the people are just like popping in a wall of Satoshi address, you know, and just popping it up there. And there's some nuance to it, right? Like, you know, for like a tip site for my social media, it's like, that's not as important as like my savings or like my main lightning node. Like, you know, there's definitely an argument to be made there, but at the same time, it really goes to show like we really need to step it up on lightning and make it easier for people to accept payments without these trusted third parties uh even if it is for small amounts like we know how we can facilitate these these payments we know how we can potentially facilitate them even when the receiver is offline it's just that you know the, these protocols these specs uh they just need to be pushed a little bit more and i think it's something we're going to see in the next two years on lightning uh and hopefully sooner uh we need, we need stuff like bolt 12 that really facilitates uh, recurring payments and lets people post static invoices. Um, and um, we definitely need to see PTLCs on Lightning too uh, to make it easier for these LSPs to help cater to users that might not be online all the time. People running a Lightning node that's on their phone, but since maybe you don't want to be killing your battery all day, that node goes on and off depending on when the user's using it. So, we have a lot, a lot of work to do. Don't get me wrong. Like I am the biggest lightning bull that you're going to find, but we need to be realistic about where we're at today and the work that needs to be done. Gotcha. Uh, that's going to be a tough, uh, tough battle to fight though. I mean, you got like hash app dropping their implementation. Um, you got these big behemoths. I'm assuming once the other tech giants come in, they're going to try to have their own solution. That's going to be custodial. And I'm with you. I, I'd rather do it you know, non-custodial, which is why your POS system and my wife's example is so intriguing to me. Uh, but holy shit, is it easy to just download a Moon Wallet? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, and, listen, and, just and, rock and, roll. Moon, and Moon is is probably one of the better ones. Um, you know, for the most part, you're dealing with non-custodial funds. I think some people, uh, if, if you dive deeper, you'll find that some of the swaps are trusted. 
it's not a perfectly uh, untrusted thing, that's for sure. But it is much better than, say, something like a wallet of Satoshi, a blue wallet with its default mode, um, you know, any L&D hub, L&Bit sort of server that you don't host yourself. Um, so, you know, there, there's definitely a lot of shades of gray to it, a lot of nuance. Uh, you know, it's really easy for us being on the other side of the spectrum, really, to, to like, like take shots at anyone else, like not doing it the <laughs> most sovereign way you can do it. But, yeah. you know, realistically, there are people that are never going to want to take that into their own hands, unfortunately. Uh, the best we can do is try to educate them, uh, like let them know what the clear benefits are. And unfortunately, a lot of people are not going to learn until like they get burned themselves. Mm-hmm. So the education is is paramount. Like we don't want people getting burned. We don't want people losing their life savings. Uh, but in a lot of instances, that that's what it's going to be for a lot of people. Uh, you don't learn unless you, you touch the stove and you get burnt. Yeah. Are you under the impression that both can exist at the same time, sovereign and custodial and non-custodial wallets? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, yeah. they're definitely going to exist. Like, there's going to be a lot of players that you thought that they wouldn't touch Bitcoin with the 10-foot pole that are going to get in, and they're going to offer up custodial Bitcoin offerings. Uh, many of them just to, to stay alive because they see the writing on the wall that say, yo, Traditional banking and what we could offer or we have been offering the last few decades, that's going to the wayside. We need to get on the Bitcoin train before it's too late. So, yeah, there's totally going to be a ton of custodial solutions. The key is not to onboard everyone on to a non-custodial solution, hold your own keys. We just need to lower that bar as much as possible, make it as easy as possible, and try to scale Bitcoin to as many people as we can so that they can hold their own keys. And, uh, you know, right now, just not the case. If we're to open up Lightning Channel with every person, for every person on the planet, it's going to take 8.5 years of just doing that and no other actions on the blockchain. So, you know, as, as things stand right now, not everyone in the world can run their own Lightning node uh, and, and be like an, like uh, an active network participant. So like I said earlier, learning is a huge part of the puzzle. It's not the be all end all. We still need to find out how to scale Bitcoin in new creative, innovative ways. And that like is, is a reason why I get sort of miffed when people say, okay, yo, Bitcoin is fine. You can just ossify it now. Just put a pin in it. It's like, that's really lazy thinking. I think you're not challenging yourself. You're like saying, okay, like, you know, Bitcoin is great. It's has all these properties that are, are, are excellent and it's good enough right now. And, and I simply don't believe that at all. There's so much more we need to do and uh, we can do it all in a way that preserves Bitcoin's guiding principles, stuff like 21 million coins. That's non-negotiable in my book. Uh, but we can make a lot of trade-offs and other ways on, on how we scale this thing uh, so that, society as a whole can benefit from Bitcoin as much as possible. Yeah, I agree, man. I'm, I've, I've been on the show ranting for months now about, you know, how, how much I despise the individual that would just basically say, Hey, all I have to do is stack sats and we win. And it's yeah, like, yeah, we, we're not there yet. And it's actually a discredit to what you're doing. It's a discredit to what others are doing because you guys are working hard and you're, you know, basically trying to build this out in real time. While the average dude says, "No, nah, I just buy Bitcoin and, and and you know the fiat system is going to die and I win, right?" And all that. No, 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 no. I mean, like, listen, like, well, I think ultimately we're we have a lot, a great foundation. Uh, the fiat system is definitely rotting away, but uh, you know, victory isn't promised. Uh, and when we this victory is like we we want it to be in a form that we're comfortable with. We don't want uh, Bitcoin Panopticon, where people can just trivially look at on-chain data and put together links. We don't want a KYC Panopticon, where everyone's just buying Bitcoin through these trusted third parties that are collecting their information for governments that may just use that down the road to uh, prosecute you, put the squeeze on you, try to do a 6102-like attack on you. 
it's it's very challenging. It's very challenging, and there's a lot of different fronts and ways this thing can go really bad. Um, ultimately, I think there's going to be individuals that are burned like that. I think ultimately Bitcoin itself is is going to, you know, continue to operate how it does at the bare minimum. We just need to make sure that as few people as possible get burnt. And, uh, you know, we, we make this something that's like viable for people to use going into the next hundred years, 200 years, thousand years. It's, it's, it's very possible that this is the money for the next thousand years, but it, it's not, it's not granted to us. It's not given. We can very easily fuck that up. Yeah, let's hope we don't, man. Let's keep pushing through that. Um, all right, Evan. So any other updates that you want to announce or that just released? Any any other updates that you want to let the listeners hear about or that they should look into? Uh, so nothing else I could really share right now. Uh, we're planning on launching at least another two products in 2023 on top of the POS product, which is you know, trickling out uh, in different forms. Um, but yeah, we're, we're just focused on making uh, Bitcoin and Lightning uh, as easy to po- as possible to use on, on mobile and just lower that bar for everyone, right? Like I, I want my mom using Zoo software. I want my grandma to be able to pick it up and it just to work, you know, seamlessly without having to worry about Oh, what's inbound liquidity? Uh, how do HTLCs work? Uh, right. None of that stuff. Like, you you ask your mom how email works, she's not going to say, oh, yeah, uh, you, you pull via IMAP and you sync up all your messages. Then you got to go out the door through another server when you want to send like a message. Like, no, like, people don't need to know everything under the hood. We just need to be as transparent as possible when we need to like distinguish something like that. But in a lot of ways we can bundle up a lot of the complexity under the hood and have it be something that you dive in and you change and tweak the engine of only when you need to, only when you want to. And most people are able to just download an app, use Bitcoin and lightning in a non-custodial way. Maybe you rely on LSP in one form to help you get connected to the lightning network. But uh, nonetheless, we want to make those people all self-sovereign actors uh, with full control of their own phones. All right. I got uh, two quick questions here for you before we wrap up. Uh, what in, uh, who, I should say, or what, uh, but who inspires you in this space? Uh, not only for your work, uh, but maybe even as a big corner. Who, who do, who's your go-to when you need some of that oomph? Oh man. I mean, so many people inspire me in so many different ways. It's, it's quite crazy. Um, you know, uh, I'll shout out Fiat Jaff. He's a great contributor. He's contributed a a good chunk of things to Zeus and he went on and he, uh, launched Noster, which is the new decentralized, uh, central, uh, social media protocol. It's, It's really like a, uh, message distribution protocol that can be used for all sorts of different stuff. That's brilliant. The way he thinks, the way that he approaches problems, the way he analyzes stuff, really look up to him and really grateful for him. Uh, and then, you know, there's also like non-tactical people that are like working the space every day, trying to educate people, which is paramount, trying to spread the word about Bitcoin, creating content, you know, people like yourself, uh, you know, our, our friend Marty, uh, you know, and Matt, like really look up to those guys, um, you know, grateful for the work they do, the people putting out tutorials, um, you know, just trying to get this software into the hands of many more people, the lightning devs, the people who work both on, you know, lightning infrastructure, the people who work on the protocol, the Bitcoin core devs, like, oh man, there's like so many facets of of the community the ecosystem that i can't do and it's just really inspiring i i just try to work to my strengths cater to to my strengths uh try to take pressure off my weaknesses but uh you know everyone can contribute to bitcoin in their own unique way um just try to encourage people to try to play their own part 
Absolutely, man. And thanks for the shout out. I agree with Marty and Matt too. Just that that's exactly like what my original concept of putting this show together was, which was I'm super infatuated and I have a good way of telling people about the stuff I like. So <laughs> I, was, I was basically like, all right, I can't contribute in, in the technical way, but I could contribute with education. I could contribute with content. And, and I'm glad, you know, individuals such as yourself noticed that because the other way around, I think the developers is my biggest inspiration here in Bitcoin. None of this stuff would be possible without y'all ironing this stuff out and making it useful for me. And y'all also got to deal with the complaints. <laughs> yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah, so, every, everyone's fighting their, their own battles, but you know, like, you know, some of that stuff, like I can't, I can't hammer on. Like, people working on on Covenant right now, mm-hmm. uh, new stuff. James O'Byrne published, like, that's top tier stuff, and. You know, that that's what I see as, as critical to bringing in about the next generation of Bitcoin upgrades. Uh, it, it's really inspiring. And um, it, it's amazing that so many people in this community are just so approachable, so down to earth, willing to talk to you, willing to help you with, you know, problems or just hear you out if you have a new idea. Um, so, yeah, just just, just so, so grateful for, for so many different people. All right, man, before we sign off, what has you excited about uh, Bitcoin in 2023? What are you looking forward to most? It could be Lightning or on-chain. Damn, so much. Um, you know, on-chain stuff, it seems like uh, we're going to get a lot of stuff shaken up. Uh, there's a lot of talks about ordinals right now and uh, different uh, discounts were given to uh, for, di- for different uh, s- scripts. Um, I think a lot of stuff's going to get shaken up on that front. I think discussion on covenants is definitely uh gonna can keep pushing forward and, and I think we're gonna reach some some solutions. Um seeing some activations on Signet, people testing out new activations of Bitcoin. Uh yeah, I just I just love to drive all the people that know that there's still a lot of work to be done. And you know, even if they don't have the perfect solution, they're willing to test stuff. That's awesome. Lightning stuff, super pumped on privacy enhancements. Really glad that we got channel skids last year, hoping we get blinded paths and ways for receivers to have better privacy. Uh, I don't know if that's going to work out 100%, but like I said, we got to try stuff. We got to try to integrate and see if it works. Um, and uh, yeah, both 12 stuff down the line, uh, just just stuff that makes it easier for people to, you know, just put up like an uh, invoice that can be paid in a recurring amount and, and facilitate all sorts of stuff that that's challenging to do today. Um, so yeah, there, there's no shortage of stuff to be excited about. Um, yeah, just, just think we're going to have a big year and on a lot of different fronts and hell me, I'm, I'm really just excited. Hopefully we could onboard a couple more merchants using Zeus's POS system and really just try to drive home that we need a circular economy. It's okay to spend your Bitcoin. And um, you know, the more places that we have to off ramp without KYC, without, you know, going through the whole thing of identifying in this totalitarian manner, if we could escape that and, and push forward a culture that, you know, really promotes that and values that, like, you know, w- what else can you do really? Fuck yeah, man. Yeah, looking forward to that, man. Um, please let the listeners know where they can follow you, where they can donate to Sue's, anywhere you want to send them. Sure. So uh, I'm Evan Kaloudis on Twitter. Um, we also have a Zeus LN account. Zeus has also got a Noster account. You can find us on there. Uh, the main Zeus site is ZeusLN.app. But yeah, we're, we're everywhere. We got a Slack for developers. We got a Telegram for the plebs. Uh, we do accept donations via Keysend and on our website. Uh, think about becoming a community sponsor. It's people that contribute their hard-earned stats to the project that uh, really help sustain it and let us fund development of different features of the app. But, uh, you know, it's also the people that just donate their hard-earned time to doing stuff from documentation or translations or, or writing code that really make the project happen. Uh, I'm I'm just trying to be the conductor of this orchestra and help uh, piece the different parts together. But, uh, you know, it, it takes the musicians to really play uh, the symphony, you know? That's a great analogy, man. I think you're doing a great job. But thanks again, Evan, for your time. 
Really appreciate it. Everything that you're doing. Looking forward now to going home and getting my embassy suite set up with Zeus again so I can get back on the train. Uh, And I'll definitely be reaching out to you about a few things. Uh, One of them being is I want to add a split for Zeus here for the show. So let's make sure we get that. Yeah, I'll definitely give you our uh, pub key. and uh, Yeah, we'll make that happen. But appreciate you, folks. It's an awesome conversation. Please follow Evan anywhere that he just told you. Please donate to the project. Please try the project. Use the project. It's very important for us not only to tinker, but to, like Evan said, get this timers going here and be able to spend our Bitcoin. And the easier we can do that in a non in, in a non-custodial way, the better we are. Uh, we appreciate y'all as always. Check us out on any podcasting 2.0 supported apps. Echo, maybe you should try that. Listen to Talking and Bits on there. Uh, Fountain Breeze, all those other ones are easy on boards as well. And uh, if you're on the legacy outlet still, like Spotify and Apple, don't know what the hell you're doing over there. <laughs> you're going to need to make the jump over to the Bitcoin standard. But I understand you might need a little bit more education. And that's what I'm here to do. Appreciate y'all as always. Evan, one more time. Thank you so much. Cheers. Thanks for having me on. Great discussion. Absolutely, man. Later, y'all.